So uh, I'll just start off with prayer. That's always a good way to just start and kind of recover from a terrible opening. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. God, we thank you, thank you, thank you. God, we take this moment to, to recognize exactly that, that when we give, we're just reflecting your nature. That when we give and, and we step into this lifestyle of generosity, and when we step into this lifestyle of, of selflessness and, and servanthood, that we're just stepping into who you called us to be. We're stepping into just the person of Jesus Christ. I feel like as we're in this time of prayer, uh, just opening up, a while back as I was praying over an offering message, this was years ago, I was going to give an offering message, and uh, there's a scripture where the Bible says, for, for God loves a cheerful giver, and, and in my time of prayer, I was asking God, like, God, what does it look like, and how do I become a cheerful giver? And the thing I heard back from the Lord was, it starts with becoming a cheerful receiver. Uh, so I just want to take this time right now and just sit and I literally just want each and every one of you guys to like, cheerfully receive from the Lord right now. Tiffany talked about it. The worship team talked about it, uh, of just like receiving God's love. But I, I literally want you to be just overwhelmed by God's generosity right now. And I want you to ask God, God, today or this week or whatever it might be, in what ways in my life have you been generous to me? And just sit and receive right now. I want some of you guys to think about, some of you guys came from a rough background. Some of you guys even thought about, uh, I mean, if you think back, you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to recognize the fact that if you intentionally ran from God for any length of time and just rebelled from him and maybe even you knew scripture, maybe you didn't. With living in West Michigan, a lot of us grew up, even if we didn't know Christ, we grew up at least knowing some of what the Bible said, and I really want you to just take a second right now and just realize that if you spent any amount of time running away from God and you were an enemy of the Lord for a certain amount of time in your life and you come back to know him, I want you to recognize that it was his goodness that brought you back to him. While you were his enemy, he was your friend, and he was passionately pursuing you. He was chasing down your heart, wanting a relationship with you, no matter what you did. And if we could just take a moment right now, and I don't mean to start off, you know, like somber, but if we could just take a moment right now and realize that each and every one of us have spit in Jesus' face at some point in our life by the things that we've done, and he constantly gave himself for us to soften our hearts that we would come to know him. Let's just receive that right now. We have such an amazing Lord. So Father God, we just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We receive it so much. We recognize just everything that you've done for us. We recognize Jesus Christ, you dying on the cross for us. God, we just say, have your way. God, I pray that the words that, that I shared tonight, God, would just be just impregnated with testimony, God, to be able to, uh, one, share testimony, but two, release testimony. God, I know that Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So God, I just, I just ask that this entire message, this entire night would just be a prophetic declaration over each and every person in here for us to step further into a place of humility, into a place of servitude, and into a place of radical generosity to where People can't help but to encounter your love and encounter your presence because of just the way that we love on them. Have your way, God. You're so welcome here. Jesus, you are so welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here, and we recognize that you are here right now. We love you. We praise you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, like, I, when Jake came up and asked me, like, he originally asked me to speak uh, later on this month, and he's like, and I couldn't, and I, I just, I have a pretty busy month ahead of me, and I was about to turn today down too, and, and Jake was very adamant in saying like, no, like, I, I legitimately think 
that you absolutely have to uh, share during this month because we're talking about giving. And, and he was just recognizing that I lived this life of, of just giving and generosity. And I didn't even re- realize it until he brought it up. And I, I started, especially this week in preparing for this, just going back through and, and just, and it's not really even me giving. It's me just being vulnerable and aware of what God wants to do in my life. And in that comes an expression of just selflessness in a lot of ways. And I'm still growing in a lot of this, but at the same time, just thinking back on the testimony of, of what this year even, and I could go, I mean, I could go years back, but really I'm going to cover a few things that have been happening this year that are just incredible and just open up so much scripture to me. And I really think we'll hopefully just proclaim uh, just I don't know what it's going to proclaim, but it's going to proclaim something good. So I was like, I really built that up, and I could have like really <laughs> bummed my mind drew a blank. So, and I'm not even worried. Uh, and I was thinking about it, and I was telling Jake about this. Like I was going through, and one of the things that I was wrestling with is I don't like coming up here and just going. These are all the things that I've been doing, um, which I'm very well like. There's so many different testimonies that I could share, and I'm going to share some from my own life, but there's so many different testimonies. The thing that I don't want to have happen is me to come up here and you to go, oh, look at them up there gloating. And I was really wrestling with that throughout the entire week. Uh, I was spending much of my time at coffee shops just in prayer and just thinking through and being overwhelmed by the testimonies of the Lord this year. But then also, as I'm writing them all down, just going like, I can't just go through this entire list. It's just going to sound conceited, and that's not the place that I was operating from in any of this. And last night, I was, I was cleaning my uh, home office, and I came across a book from uh, a guy that I absolutely love. His name is John Rulin. The book is called Giftology. It just came out either, I think, at the beginning of this year or maybe like middle of last year. And John Rulin is somebody that I've talked to uh, about on stage before, but um, my first face-to-face encounter with him was in New Jersey. I was serving a uh, charity. I was working as their lead graphic designer. I was uh, their creative director. And we had a a big conference happening in New Jersey, so I went over to the charity um, like CEO or founder's house and was staying there for the entire weekend. And his name is John as well, but I won't talk about him because I'll start talking about too many Johns and it'll just get confusing. Um, And in that time, I was not following the Lord at this point. Uh, I was in a a rough place in my life. Uh, I was previously married and at that time my marriage was not, you know, the ex-marriage was not going well. It was going uh, downhill quite quickly. And um, while I was in New Jersey... While I was staying there, John Rulin was also staying at my other buddy John's house in the basement. Uh, and during that time, I had gotten a text message that my ex-wife wanted a divorce. And just going through this whole thing of, I don't know, every, so I say that to say, like, he showed up in a big way, and I got to see just Christ on display, because this is one of the most godly and generous people that I have ever encountered in my life next to maybe my father-in-law and mother-in-law. Like, my in-laws are probably the most generous people I've ever encountered and ever witnessed. Uh, And I should just take this entire message to just brag on them and and just share testimonies of who they are uh, because they constantly challenge me. Actually, why don't I? Uh, Not the entire message, but I'm going to just share with you on how generous my in-laws are and how much they challenge me. So when I first started dating Emily, I didn't even plan on doing this, but I'm excited now because uh, I just get to brag on my family. Um, Emily's dad has ran a, uh, a ministry for a long time. Uh, and he, he unfortunately doesn't have the capacity too much nowadays to, to run it in the full capacity that it was at, at one point, but uh, to where he brings in elderly mentally handicapped and serves them, brings them to church, does church service for them, and just, I mean, people that are really just outcast from society and 
people that make people uncomfortable, people that make people into an awkward position of how do I interact with this person. He legitimately has laid down so much of his life to just pull them in and love on them. And every single year for the longest time for Thanksgiving, instead of just going, hey, let's have a family get together, they would legitimately, I don't know how big it has been at one point, um, but I know that for the years that, that I got to serve with them, um, we would bring in six, seven different elderly mentally handicapped. And instead of enjoying Thanksgiving as a family, like what most people do, we got to enjoy Thanksgiving as an extended family with just children of God and serve people and lay down our lives. And it was challenging for me because I'm used to sitting and watching TV and then getting up and eating and then taking a nap afterwards. But this required us to serve and to actually lay our lives down and lay our own agendas down and bring people in that I had no idea who they were at the time, but I absolutely loved getting to know. And uh, I just like, I don't know, these guys just blow my mind. I just, I'm so challenged by radical generosity. And that's just one testimony of my, my in-laws. They're amazing people. I see it so much in Emily. It's helped me grow in this area so much. But going back to John Rulin, while we were out in, in New Jersey, I got to see uh, a few different instances of Christ on display in this form of radical generosity. One of the times, so uh, his wife and kids were out with him, he borrowed John Broman, who owns the house, borrowed John's vehicle to go and bring his family to the airport. And we're sitting in the back and we're sitting with all the, it's just the board of directors for the charity and everything. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden we realize that three hours have gone by and John isn't back with John's car. Tracking with me? Could get confusing, but just roll with it. And John's like, he's starting to get worried. Like, man, did, did he get in an accident? Like, is there something going on with the flight? Like all these different things. And he texts John and John doesn't respond back to John, right? Uh, there's another John there. You want me to go really, really like three Johns and try and really confuse you? So anyways, about three and a half hours, right, go by. And it's, it's like, he's like 25 minutes from the airport, so it should not take this long. It's three and a half hours go by, and he returns back. And what had happened was he took his vehicle after dropping his, his wife and kids off at the airport, took it to an auto wash, washed the entire thing, detailed it from top to bottom, legitimately detailed the door jams, like went through and cleaned out the door jams, opened up the hood and scraped all the grease off from like right around the, like John bought the car used and he goes, I've literally never seen this car this clean. And this is just like, this is who this guy is. There's, I mean, it's, he, we all went out to, to dinner, and then John blessed everyone just by buying everyone dinner. And it wasn't like a, oh, look at me, I'm wealthy, and I could do this. It was just from a place of humility and going like, I just love being around you guys, and I just want to show you guys the love of Christ. And being in conversation with this guy, this guy has relationship with Oprah. Not like marriage relations, you know, but like, it sounded weird at first, but has a relationship with Oprah, uh, has worked with the uh, CEO and founder, like uh, head guy of Starbucks, uh, works with the Miami Dolphins, works with, like this dude is just established, right? And here he is to where he, out of probably everyone in the group, could probably be bragging on his rap sheet of everything that he's been doing for the last couple of months. Oh, I was on... I was in Forbes, oh, I was on you know, USA Today, oh, I was over here and doing all these different things because he has accolades like through the roof. And instead, he was taking a place of servant, blessing people, and just giving, just radically. And it was so challenging to me because I'd never, to that point, besides like maybe somebody buying me a cup of coffee or something, I'd never seen generosity that radical and that far on display. There's another, uh, another testimony of, of his to where he was, he was at this big like CEO conference and there was 1,200 just leaders from across America 
And I mean, these guys are multimillionaires. These guys are just giant, giant, just head fund managers and managers of giant organizations and different things like that. And he sets up a meeting with some one of the guys, one of the guys that uh, he resonated with, really wanted to build a relationship with, did want to do business with, but at the same time, he was just trying to get a conversation rolling and get uh, just a relationship going. It reaches out to him and invites him out and... Um, says, hey, if you're ever coming through, I think he was in Boston at that point. Hey, if you're ever coming through Boston, um, I'd love to take you to, you know, a baseball game or something like that. Anyways, long story short, the guy ends up coming into town, but his flight gets delayed. And one of the things that this guy really wanted to do was wanted to go and shop at Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers is his favorite store to shop at uh, in just, yeah, the world. And John happened to have asked him for his shirt size like five minutes into meeting him because he was going to send him a shirt just because that's who John is and he's a radical giver. Like, hey, man, what's your shirt size? You like Briggs Brothers? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like five minutes into a conversation asking what the dude's shirt size is. That's kind of creepy. Uh, so he knows the shirt size. So from there, he gauges the pant size and everything like that. So this guy's flight gets delayed. He's not going to be able to, like, they're going to miss half of the ball game. He's not going to be able to go to, to Brooks Brothers. So what John did in order to serve this guy was he legitimately went down to Brooks Brothers and put on his credit card one of everything in the store in that dude's size. One of every shirt, one of every jacket, one of every pants, one of every... And then went and approached the hotel and said, hey, uh, my buddy's coming in. Bless you. My buddy's coming in, and I want to uh, put all these clothes in and kind of set his, his hotel room up as kind of a little mini Brooks Brothers personalized shop for him with one of everything that fits him. So <laughs> the guy shows up. John's down in, you know, in the, the lobby waiting for him, and comes in, he's like, okay, yeah, let me run up to the room, and, and then we could head out to the game. John's like, okay, yeah, just smiling, you know? Guy goes up there, and he says he comes down like 25 minutes later, and the dude was speechless, and he goes, John, he goes, I've, I've met with some of the world's most prestigious leaders. He goes, and no one has ever treated me this kindly and this amazingly apart from maybe like a hotel having a water and, you know, my itinerary ready for me. He goes, whatever you want this weekend, it's your, like, the dude was like fully sold and just fully like, I'm in, dude. This relationship is amazing. You blew my mind. And as much as John does it for business, he also does it, if you were to ask him, I, I promise you, in every conversation that I've ever had with John Rulin, the Lord always comes into it and he always talks about his relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not forced, but it, like, it's to the point where he's so generous that you can't help but to go, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why would you give away the things that you're giving away? I was, I was reading up on a couple of articles to make sure that all my, all my details about these testimonies of, of, you know, the Lord working through John were correct. And, and, and one of the things that I was reading today um, he talks about on a, a yearly basis, he gives away $200,000 worth of whatever. Like he makes sure that his budget is at least $200,000 to just give radically. And I, I know that we hear that and we think, oh man, that's a lot of money. Oh, it must be easy when he's, when he's wealthy or anything like that. But the thing is, uh, it started when he was a sales rep for Cutco Cutlery. Anybody ever sell Cutco in here? I did. That's how I actually, that's how I met him originally, right? <laughs> By the way, John also has uh, the largest record for Cutco sales ever, over $6 million in personal career sales and kitchen knives. <laughs> that's amazing. And it all started because, because he, he just knows how to love people well. And people want to do business and people want to have relationship with people that love them well. All right, I got 22 minutes, so I'm going to... Everything that I say about John, I'm just talking about, like, this is where my whole journey began on just learning how to love people well. And I think, I don't know, I, I want to go through just some scripture real quick, and then we're going we're gonna to kind of unpack this a little bit further. 
And I'm going to share some testimonies from my life that I've gotten to uh, just see God move in, in in incredible ways. And I think it's easy, it's easy to think about how, you know, when it's in the business world like John is, um, you know, it's easy to love people well because you're trying to do business with them and different things like that. And, you know, last month we talked about love and, and what that looks like and Christ's love and, and us modeling Christ's love. And um, one of the things is, like, we love without strings attached, right? And I think oftentimes we know how to love or we can at least step into love without strings attached, but sometimes we don't know how to do generosity without strings attached. Sometimes our radical generosity is because we're trying to work our way into something or get something in return. And I just want to hopefully shift perspective. So Proverbs, I'm, I'm going to go through quite a few Proverbs today. Well, not quite a few, but a handful. Uh, just I love the wisdom that's in here. And I'm, I'm going to cover Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. It says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I love this scripture. It's so weird. So we love and we give generously to be able to heap burning coals on people's heads. Uh, <laughs> it's a very strange thing to, uh, to break down. And I think, you know, honestly, I think we approach this scripture and we think, oh man, it's that whole kill them with, with kindness thing, right? Like, oh man, if they just, if they show me any kind of hatred, if they kind of show me anything like that, well, I'm just going to kill them with kindness. Um, and I actually think that the scripture means something different. Uh, I read two different, uh, well, two different ways that a lot of different commentaries kind of break this, this whole thing down and this whole burning coals of fire, right? It's obviously not burning coals of fire because when you give someone like a meal, burning coals of fire don't just fall out and onto their head. It's weird. Um, two ways of, of it, people have, have said it is, one is the burning coals of fire is an expression of them flushing over with understanding uh, more of who you are and who your nature is. So if, if they oppose you and then you love on them and you give them when they're in need, it just brings them to this realization of maybe I've misjudged them. But then two, it talks about how, and I forget exactly how it talks through it, but it talks about how that is more of carrying someone's burden and actually giving them um, burning coals of fire was actually more of what uh, people in that time would use to heat their home in the winter. And it was talking about, and realize I don't, I don't really side with, I don't know what either commentary really, I don't know, it's all speculation. Anyways, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go to, this is the Passion Translation. If you guys have never read this, um, I, I would say that for some things it, it feels more like a paraphrase than a translation, but uh, I do think at the same time it's written in such a love language, and I, I think that sometimes it, it does an extremely, extremely good job at just capturing the heart of what I think some, some scriptures are actually saying, and I, I love what it says here. It says, is your hun enemy hungry? Buy him lunch. Win him over with your kindness. Your surprising generosity will awaken his conscious, conscience, and God will reward you with favor. And I just love that idea of your surprising generosity will awaken them in their consciousness. And I, I just, I think about like the fertile soil that generosity produces in two different ways. The fertile soil that generosity produces in someone's life that you're pouring into and that you're giving into, and, but then also the fertile soil that it produces in your own heart, right? I think when it's easy for us to look at somebody who's opposing us and feel very like judged and get kind of cynical towards them and kind of strong arm them, but when we actually give of ourselves and give of selflessness and just like that, it actually softens our heart for that person because now we've actually stepped into God's love and heart for them versus operating out of our own will and emotion. Does that make sense? But then what it also does is it shifts their thought process in their mindset and produces fertile soil for the Lord to bring favor and, and just a harvest 
of souls. You guys following me with me so far? I'm trying to like, I got 15 minutes before I'm, I'm going to try and hand it back over to, I'm trying to just cover a bunch of things. So, cause it's going to set up for some of these testimonies. One of the things that, this just a running theme throughout scripture is this whole idea that servants are oftentimes like exalted or brought up to a place of authority. Happens over and over and over again, right? Perfect example is Jesus Christ who came not to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for all, right? And here he is, the name above all names the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And I just think that there's, there's this biblical principle that we get to step into when we lay our lives down for others and we get to serve others and operate in generosity, operate in giving, operate in this place of uh, giving of ourselves to someone else to where when we do that, we position ourselves into a place of humility and God raises us up. And he doesn't raise us up to make our name any higher, but he raises us up so that our name will be higher so his name can be even higher. The beginning of this year, I actually, I was sitting down and I was just praying to the Lord, like, God, what do you want 2017 to look like in my life? And I've had a lot of just dreams and and desires and passions. And the thing that the Lord was telling me, uh, and I wrote it down down in my notes, was he said, I'm going to, he goes, I'm going to increase and build a new platform for you so that your name will increase and you could shine my name even further. Which at first, it just, like, I don't know. If you're anything like me, sometimes, sometimes we fall into this place of false humility and we think, oh, well, like, my name being increased, that's a, that's a bad thing. But it's only a bad thing if our name is increased to increase our name. But when our name is increased to increase him and to proclaim him and to give us a platform to be able to speak into people's lives. Like the thing is, each one of you guys, not just the table leaders, but each one of you guys that are sitting in here are a person of influence in your sphere of influence. You're a person of authority in your sphere of influence. But I think sometimes we think authority is lording over people when authority in biblical perspective is actually servitude. It's actually generosity. It's actually giving our lives away for someone else, right? Jesus said, they will know you by the way that you love. And then later on it says, this, there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Not just a friend, but anyone, right? That we would lay our lives down for someone else. There's no greater love than that. And there's also no greater authority than that, than for us to give ourselves away. And it's, it, Jake even was talking about it earlier, and I think he prayed it in his prayer about, we're like, we're always meant to experience the Lord as a river, never as a lake, right? Like there's this thing to where the Lord moving through us allows us to be able to experience him in a different way. But once, once we just sit and we just receive and receive and receive, but we don't actually allow it to flow through us, it becomes like a dead sea. To where all of a sudden life starts to die because we're just sitting in a pool of the Lord. Yes, it's great, but there's a point to where when, when we step into allowing him to move through us, And when I walk up to James and I allow allow God to move through me and impact James' life, God's going to impact James' life in a way that he can't impact my life because I'm not James. And in doing so, I get to experience a different aspect of the Lord through him impacting James' life. And then he gets to experience a different facet of the Lord through God moving through me. Does that make sense? And then James going on and doing that to someone else. And unless we allow God to come through as a river, and there's always a flow going through us, right? We experience God in a current, not in a static pool. And when we realize that blessings always come to be a blessing to others, and there's definitely, don't get me wrong, there's definitely, you know, there's seed, and then there's the the crop that you eat, right? There's the harvest that you eat and the seed that you plant. 
And there's things that, that do come in that are for us and our consumption, right? And for us to be able to live and make do and God provides in those areas. But if we only hoard everything and we aren't actually planting the seed that the Lord gives us, what good are we doing? We're actually not expanding crop. We're consuming crop. There's a point to where we can consume all of God's provision and really cease blessings for other people. Is this making sense? I'm trying to work this out as best as I can with the time that I have. I want to cover Philippians 2, 1 through 11, then I'm going to share some testimonies. I absolutely love this. I, this is such a challenging scripture, but at the same time, I think it, it embodies the heart of so much of what we're talking about here. Philippians 2, 1 through 11 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ and any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having a same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value, one, value others above yourselves. I feel like that's a difficult part for us to understand is valuing others above ourselves. Just laying down ourselves, right? Laying down selfishness and picking up humility. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, but made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Lord Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." I just absolutely love that. It's this beautiful picture of, of Christ gave, came to just humble himself and give. He legitimately gave his life on the cross. And in doing so, God exalted his name above every other name. When we step into that same place, we actually get to step into our likeliness and our, our Christ-like nature, right? We can't be called Christian. Like, there is no other duty and task for a Christian than to look like Christ. We cannot call ourselves Christians if we do not look like Christ. Christian, Christianity is not a club that we're a part of. It's a person that we look like. I'm going to let some time go by so that way people could tweet that. That's a good word. And the beautiful thing is, is when we step into this place of humility, the whole thing that I want to talk about is when we step into this place of humility... God raises us up and puts us in a platform to be able to proclaim his name even further and do exactly what it says to where God exalted Jesus' name above every other name. When we get put into that place, bless you, get put into that place of humility, God exalts our position of influence. That way, Jesus' name can become even greater in every person that we get to encounter's life, Right? So at the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me that, that statement, right? He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise a platform and raise your name so that my name can be lifted even higher. And as I was praying through that, I said, God, what do you want, what do you want that to look like? And I just, I literally got this one thing that just got laid on my heart. And it's been something that I say on a daily basis and close to an hourly basis in the sphere of influence that I'm in. And it's, I'm here to serve. If you talk to, so... A big part of my ministry is actually like, this is a big part of my ministry, right? Being able to minister with you guys. But then also another facet of my ministry is actually online. So I, I'm on YouTube, or yeah, I'm on YouTube. I have a community on YouTube, and then I am on Instagram. And at the beginning of the year, I hadn't started my YouTube channel yet. Um, I've been wanting to do a YouTube channel for quite a while, but it was more out of... Um, not selfishness, but it was just things that were like burning on my heart. And then when, when God told me that he was going to build this platform, 
and he released this idea of how YouTube could be used in a sense of ministry and servitude and how I could actually invest my life into people across the globe, literally across the globe. I was talking to somebody in Poland this morning. I wasn't in Poland, but they were. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Just this, so God gave me this picture of what it looked like to operate my YouTube channel. And at this point, I hadn't even started a YouTube channel, so I had zero subscribers. I did have a bit of a following over on Instagram, and I was stepping into more of this on Instagram, and this became much of my language of turning my idea of Instagram, and this is a good word too, turning my idea of social media, of how can it feed feed me and how can I get affirmation for likes and how can all my photos get more likes and, uh, and turn it into how can I actually serve the people that are on the other end of this platform? How can I actually serve those numbers that are actually following me and how could I actually treat them as individuals and treat them as children of God and actually bring change into their life and bring Christ into their life? And I started approaching these different social media platforms in a much different way than I had in the past. And believe me, I, I've seen my social media platforms as a place for ministry, but it wasn't unlocking like this had. And God was just showing me this place of, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. So many times when I'm finishing off conversations with people and people are just blown away by the generosity that the Lord brings through me, my response is just, dude, totally, man. God loves you. I'm here to serve. And in doing so, a couple of the different things that happen, and it's just crazy to think about. So if you, if you don't know much about YouTube or starting a YouTube channel or anything like that, YouTube is pretty like, well-known to be kind of a cesspool of comments. Uh, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of just 13-year-old angry boys that are on there like, ranting and raving and cutting people down and saying, you know, F you this, and it's pretty vulgar. Um, and knowing, uh, so at this point, I was, I was starting to build relationship with a couple other large influencers, um, just because I had a, a similar passion for serving a, you know, community. So I do film photography, and it's all this film photography community of all these guys that are using 30-year-old cameras and, you know, trying to keep this whole thing alive. And so it's very niche, and it's very like, it's a tight-knit community, and the community is pretty like positive in general, but at the same time, there's pretty you know, negative pockets here and there and stuff like that. Anyways, there's two different YouTubers that I started just building relationship with. Lord actually laid them on my heart, and bless you, um, just started building these relationships with these guys, and uh, one of the guys' names is Matt Day. And Matt, if you ever see this, where's my camera at? Matt, if you ever see this, hey, buddy, I love you. Matt's an awesome dude. And so Matt is a big influencer in this place of film photography. Uh, his YouTube channel, like in the film world, it's not like Casey Neistat, millions of you know, viewership and stuff like that. But he has like 55,000 subscribers. And for uh, a niche YouTube channel, it's, it's a decent amount. And I just started building this relationship and just kind of reaching out to them and going, hey, like, if there's any way that I could be serving you and your wife and your kids, like, if there's anything that I could be praying for you guys on and just kind of getting the conversation rolling like that. And we started to get to know each other in, in different things like that. So um, I had kicked off my, uh, my YouTube channel at that point. I'd thrown some ideas out there and he had caught wind of it and he was like, dude, like, if you have any questions along the way, I'd love to help you out with this whole thing. And, and, uh, you know, just, I've been doing it for a few years so I can, I can help you out. And, um, so I, I start going into this. He's warning me. He's like, dude, you just got to realize that it could take a little bit for you to get like traction on your YouTube channel or anything like that. And he goes, and then realize that you're going to get a lot of naysayers. You're going to get a lot of negativity that's going to come in. Don't pay attention to any of those comments or anything like that. And, um, so I was like, okay, this is great advice, great advice. Uh, it ends up that Matt's dad passed away unexpectedly. Uh, he had a stroke one morning and just, next thing you know, his mom turned around and his dad's stroking and they lost him later on that afternoon. Uh, caught everyone off guard and everything like that. 
So I reached out to him and I just told him, like, hey, man, like, Emily and I are praying for you guys. And at this point, we had had a pretty decent um, just conversation going. I, I don't necessarily know that it was like a friendship friendship at that point, but a, a conversation going. And um, as I was praying over him one day, the Lord told me to just send him a very insignificant amount of money, but just a, a bit of money to just help with funeral arrangements and everything like that. So I'd sent him a message, and I was like, hey, man, in praying over you this morning, I, I just really felt like the Lord was telling me that that you guys might be able to use this bit of money. I hadn't heard anything back from him. I had his, his email and his PayPal, so I just sent it over to him. And he comes back, and he's like, um, he's like, no, 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 we can't, we can't, you know, I would never ask for anything like that. And I was like, well, dude, I already sent it to your PayPal, so you just got to deal with it. <laughs> and... Literally, like, he goes radio silent for 30, 40 minutes. And he comes back, and, like, I'm, I'll just say, it was $100. It wasn't, like, I mean, a funeral is expensive. $100 does not do anything justice for helping to pay for really anything. And he comes back, and he goes, he goes, dude, literally, um, Molly is his wife. He goes, literally, we've just been sitting here in tears for the last little bit just blown away by this generosity. And what happened through God telling me to do that is uh, Matt and I have partnered multiple times and the platform that God's already been talking about raising, uh, the YouTube channel in in three months is almost to 3,000 subscribers. Um, It has literally never once had a negative comment directed towards myself. Um, It has only ever had like one negative comment of this like, very, very hurt individual who does not like hipsters. Um, <laughs> he was... Uh, but luckily, most of the film people in my community aren't hipsters, so I don't know who he was trying to rant at, but anyways, like, just this whole thing to where just watching God show up in, in just the way that this generosity has moved through. And then my relationship with Matt Day and me partnering with his podcast and me partnering with, uh, opened up a door to another podcast uh, that I did an interview for, which opened up a door to another podcast that I did an interview for. And literally just this train of, of things that have come from this one place of generosity that the Lord asked me to move in. And all of a sudden, it's really literally nothing I'm doing to build the authority in the place that I, I have to be able to speak into people's lives. But now for whatever reason, the goofy reason of having close to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube has put me in a position to where like, I do one-on-one calls with people. And I literally had this guy that I did. He's an awesome Christian dude from uh, Texas. And it, I, I'd done a series and his entire family shoots film and his entire family watched the series and they're all like, I guess, big fans of Nick Exposed, which is my YouTube channel. And thank you, hey. So if you wanna subscribe, I'll give you uh, two seconds to do that right now. Actually, we have enough people in here to put me over 3,000, so I'm just kidding. It will, it will be extremely boring for you guys. I just talk about film all the time and it's not fun for anybody that isn't into it. But uh, anyways, like this, this entire family is like geeking out that that their dad is having a one-on-one call with a a big YouTuber. They called me like I was like big YouTuber. Like I've only been in this thing for three months. Give me a break. But I've also uh, what I did, Lord. These are just different blueprints that the Lord has given me in doing this, and it's just been being obedient to his call to be a servant to this community. Uh, The Lord told me to reach out to uh, a lot of the different main film photography YouTubers and build a a mastermind group to where instead of coming together as uh, what happens in social media, if you haven't experienced this in the past, is you start to see people experiencing different successes that you haven't yet, and you start to get very cynical, and you start to point at them and get a little frustrated because I'm not there yet, and how come, well, how come their video did that when their audio quality sucked and my video was much better and all these different things that we fall into the traps of? And the Lord said, let's just squash that right now and actually like build a community to where people could be an encouragement to each other and actually celebrate the wins of each other. 
other versus pointing people down and trying to push people down as we try to raise ourselves up. And when we move from that place of trying to raise ourselves up and we actually lower ourselves to be able to raise other people up to meet the Lord, all of a sudden God starts to raise our platform and the people that we get to influence is expanded. And it's just incredible. And in doing so, there's a lot of uh, these YouTubers that don't know the Lord, um, but I've been doing a lot of one-on-one calls with them as well. And literally every single one of them that I've talked to uh, has literally said, dude, the way that you're operating your YouTube channel and the way that you're operating in this community is literally blowing my mind and I don't even know how to comprehend it. And I'm like, it's all the Lord. And I tell them that too. I'm like, dude, this might seem weird to you, but I hear from God and he told me to do this and it's working. So it's kind of simple. <laughs> my, my life is pretty simple. I just listen to God and I do what he says and things tend to work out. It's kind of weird. Uh, I feel like he says something about that somewhere in here. I don't know. But the key is, it's not even about, like, I think one of the things that we constantly think about of giving and generosity, and we think about it in terms of financial and monetary values or things that I could give of gifts. And I want to challenge you that, yes, it is that, but no, it's not that. Um, It's yes and. It's so much more. The way that we can give and be generous and offer ourselves is literally to lay down ourselves, take take up a position of servitude, and actually give of our time, give of our energy, give of our resources. One of the best things that I, the, the people, people like, We'd sell cameras all the time, right, in this community. People are always buying and selling cameras. And uh, now that the Lord's been building this platform up, I like to share this platform with others to be able to just serve them. It's just one of the ways that God's given me a resource that I can give to people. And uh, I'm at a 98% sales rate to where anytime I post somebody else's camera up on my thing, it sells. Whereas whenever I post my own cameras up, they take forever. So I don't know. I think the Lord's probably teaching me a lesson in that. But, and I need to start charging a commission or something on all these cameras that I'm selling for people. But it's just funny. And I, I had a guy that was talking to me today and he's like, hey, do you know, do you know anybody that's looking for this, this camera? I'm selling it to try and fund my schooling and stuff like that. I was like, dude, send over some pictures and I'll put it up. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, dude, I'll put it up. He's like, do I need to give you anything for it? I was like, if you want to, but no, you don't have to. I mean, <laughs> like, kind of be nice if you did. This YouTube thing is not cheap. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it's, it's just one of these things to where I love what John Rulin says, right? In his book, Giftology, and all the different things that he's talking about. And realize that like, it's a business book, but it's also kingdom and it's just his place of being able to influence kingdom. He's so generous that like he literally wrote this book and then now he's just giving this book away. Like he's like, I wrote the book, but I don't need to make any money off of the book. He goes, if somebody buys the book and if they're upset about it, I'll buy their next couple of books that they want to get. Like and this dude's just radically generous. But one of the things that he talks about in there, speaking specifically to uh, you know, business people, is he goes, if you're giving a gift with expecting, you know, a sale or something in return. He goes, that's not a gift at all. That's a marketing scheme. He goes, if you're giving a gift that has your logo plastered on it, he goes, that's not a gift at all. That's just your business card essentially is what you're giving them. And I was thinking about that today of sometimes, I don't know. I think we can we can start to justify the fact that we're giving things to people and trying to get, or, you know, even trying to think on how to word this the best way. Because it could sound weird at first. I'm just going to roll with it and then we'll clean up the mess afterwards. I think it's oftentimes we go out like next week, we're going to go out and we're going to give, right? We're going to operate in radical generosity. And I think one of the things that in, in really any of the weeks that we go out, right, it's one of the things that I've had to do a heart check on myself for is like coming back from one of our outreach nights without a testimony, right? Like you can't go out there and not come back with a testimony. If you experience 
community within your, your, you know, your small group that went out there, that's testimony, right? Like, if, if we could only see what's happening on a kingdom level, and we'd stop looking at what's happening on a worldly, earthly level, we would see so many more testimonies than we would actually understand. But at the same time, like, one of the things I've had to ch- check myself on is going out there and then coming back without a testimony, like, man, I, d- I haven't seen anybody's arm grow out, or, you know, like, grow a third limb and then, you know, have that limb pray over someone else and then they raise from the dead. (laughs) This is just how my mind works. I want to see God make a mutant that's going to raise somebody from the dead. Wouldn't it be crazy if that happened next week? Oh, anyways. Yeah, prophetic or pathetic. I don't know. My mind's weird. Anyways, if we go out and if our, and this is going to sound weird because we're going out with, uh, with, with the mindset of serving for the kingdom, but if we go out in an expectation, it's good to put expectations on the Lord, right? It's not good to give something to someone with anything in return expected from them. Does that make sense? Generosity is just a different facet of love. And love is not love if there's strings attached. Generosity is not generosity if there's strings attached. Sometimes we need to have more faith in the Lord that he's going to move and stop trying to work our way into something, stop trying to give something to someone and then carry on an awkward conversation to try and get to a point where we can pray over them or something like that. You know, like there's these things that we try and force when... It could just be a seed that's planted. At the same time, it requires us to be obedient. And if the Lord is asking us to hold out and press in, then we do that as well. But to give anything with any kind of expectation in return is to not put full expectation and trust on the Lord that he's doing something in that moment. When I, when I sent money over to Matt, after his father passed away. It was not in any expectation. That would be a very, very cruel thing to do. And when we do that, that's called manipulation. And no one ever came into the kingdom through manipulation. People have been deceived through manipulation. Is this making sense? I'm going to finish with the verse. Matthew 25, 34. Jesus is, uh, he's in Mount Olives speaking to his disciples. He says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed. And he just, he just got done telling them that there, there's two different people. There, he's, when, when things happen in heaven, he's going to split and there's going to be lambs, lambs to his right, goats to the left. He says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by father, or by my father, take your inheritance, the king prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer to the Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see... When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to where when we step into a place of servitude, we're not actually just serving the people that we're serving, we're actually serving the Lord himself Jesus himself, and everything that we do from that place of love is actually reflecting back onto the Lord, and he's receiving glory for it. 